And it sounds like we're all saying I have had, have, or will have again unhealthy habits towards work. Mm -hmm. You need to know that you are allowed to feel content because I think Mm. that the thing that's being pushed that we're all seeing is that being content means you're dead in the water Mm. and that being content means that you're losing. It's this losing mentality. Like if you settle, if you're content, you're falling behind. And that's not what this is about at all. Mm -mm. We're taking this mentality of, well, if I'm not a millionaire, I've fallen back. Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast from Real FM. Here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Hey guys, welcome to season four, episode two of Real Talk. This is Isaac with Anson. Hello. And Kara. Hey. This is the podcast (laughs) where we get real about everything from current events to culture and to faith. Today we're talking about something that's very near and dear to me, mm-hmm. the concept of crunch time. Crunch time. So basically this is the idea of always giving 110%, working yourself to the absolute bone, working yourself to death, always being on. Mm. And we're going to address, is this a healthy thing or not? No, you're oh. not familiar with this personally at all, are you? No, yeah. No, no, I've never. No. I've never seen you, yeah. <laughs> By the way, guys, we're live streaming on Twitch and we're on the Reddit right now. And uh, I have my Patreon page up. If you want to donate to all of my causes that I'm running. Yeah. So this whole concept of always being on is driven by so many of these factors, Mm. social media, pop culture, entertainment, also maybe even just the way that we live as Americans. It's kind of exhausting. Everybody, I think, understands this to some level. Right. Either that's your mode just by default and you're always this way. Right. Or even if you're not that type of person, you're probably still experiencing this seasonally. Right. Right. I mean, whether it's a certain day of the week or a few Mm. weeks at a time or a few months at a time or whatever. Yes. I think we all go through these periods where you feel like you have no choice. You have this obligation to work really hard and yes. maybe overwork yourself. And I think we've all been there. Yeah. 100%. So we're going to jump into that and talk about it and maybe not reach a conclusion where we solve the problem for ourselves and for everyone Speak else. Speak for yourself. Isaac. I know. We're going to solve this problem. This. Yeah. It has this box marked solution on no, the desk. It's <laughs> a secret envelope. <laughs> Can't wait to see what's in there. We're going to dive into that. But first, we're going to jump in with one of my favorite features that we have now. It's hypothetically speaking. Guys, I have a good one for you this week. I'm so ready. I love these. So here's the situation. You and 99 others are selected to hide in a game of Northwest Arkansas Hide and Seek. Another group of a thousand people are seekers. The last hider to be found wins a million bucks. Seriously? Okay. Okay. A million dollars. I like that. Okay. Here's the deal. You have to stay within the borders of either Washington County or Benton County at all times. You can't break any laws. (laughs) (laughs) You have 24 hours before the game officially begins. What's your game plan? What's your first move? Oh my goodness. 24 hours. This is scary. There's a thousand people (laughs) looking for us. Yeah. Ah, That's a lot of people. Arkansas. Two counties. Kind of your parameters. You gotta gotta pick one. I feel like first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go shopping. Like I'm going to go to Walmart. And I'm going to start, I'm going to get some like camping supplies. Wow. Okay. Oh, wow. I didn't think about that. Smart. Yeah. Going to go get some, some food, some non-perishables. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a tent. (laughs) I don't think 
like anything perishes within 24 hours. <laughs> it's a, but so how it, long? Oh, how long that's I, true. Yeah, I have yeah, 24 yeah, yeah. hours to start the game to prep. You don't know how long you're but, hiding. Like, yeah, this that's could fair. be a long game. Oh, right? that's yeah, a good that's point. fair. I mean, yeah. there's how many of us that are hiding? You said like a hundred of us 100. that are hiding. Yeah. So how long is it going to take them to find? You have to be the last man standing. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So if, if oh, it gets man. down to like two or three people, you could be playing this game for weeks. Oh my goodness. Oh man. Right. That's true. So That's smart. True. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm going to be playing this game for weeks, I've got to have some like survival gear. I got to have some food. Okay. That's really smart. Cause I might be in this for the long haul if I'm going to win. All right. So, wow. uh, I'd say my, <laughs> cause now you brought up all these little contingencies I hadn't thought of. So now my first plan <laughs> is to go get my husband immediately and say, help me figure this out because he's so good at logistical and like survival stuff. And I'm right. literally like, um, okay, if we hadn't like talked about it though, what would your first move have been? Right. Uh, what was your, what were you going to go do? This before? is in isolation. This yeah, is in a vacuum. Uh, like if you're a competitor of mine, I wouldn't I know. be giving away. You wouldn't be giving my, away like, your secrets. Strategy. So I probably would have just gone and hid somewhere and then been starving pretty soon. And been like, <laughs> Like, wait a minute. How long is this gonna take? Anson's in, a, Anson's in a creek somewhere with gallons and gallons of like soup and peanut butter stashed away. I have like, like a latte. Carrots over, <laughs> over there in the broom closet yeah. with a latte. I'm like, how long is this, gonna, long take? Is this gonna take? Day ninety nine. Like an hour. Okay, okay, okay. I did think the first thought I had was I've heard that there are some like tunnel things underneath Siloam Springs. Yes, the rumored the oh rumored tunnels. I don't know yeah. if that's a thing, but I would probably try to find those. Okay, and and see what I could do but you make a good point about all these survival things so I'd probably last about six hours in there and then well, I'd see, be that's, like that's the question is like a hiding spot I was trying to think yeah. about this what's a sustainable hiding spot I'm like yeah. yeah part of me thinks like my first thing was like all right go get a tent go get the survival gear yeah. right go find a spot out you know I don't know somewhere in yeah in the, the woods in right. Washington County somewhere exactly and and just hang out right but I feel like a thousand people looking for us is a lot is a fair number of people. And I feel like that's a place where like a lot of them would immediately go. Like that's right, a good people point. are immediately going to go out to like the obvious the crazy kind of places. Wilderness places and probably the tunnels too, if they right. exist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so then the thought occurred to me, would it actually be better to kind of do like a hide in, hide plain, in plain sight, sight kind of a thing yes. and just hang out in like an alley in downtown Bentonville or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Has this hobo always been here? <laughs> yeah. Just like put on, you know, like a fisherman's yeah. hat, and like some sunglasses, pull it with down over my eyes. So dress like Isaac. Then. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They'd be like, oh, that's Isaac. That's, uh, Isaac. Yeah, that's cool. He's What's up, dudes? He's not in the game. He's not in the game. <laughs> I don't know. That probably wouldn't work well because the police would probably, especially like oh, in Bentonville, yeah, would be that's on fair. me like immediately. Yeah. Be like, yeah. what are you doing here? You can't stay here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For it sure. doesn't. How how do you hide from a thousand people? This is a good question. Yeah, you could hide in like the clothes racks in like a Target or a, you know store or something. <laughs> yeah. Also, doesn't feel sustainable. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. The sustainability factor <laughs> makes the hiding in plain sight one pretty hard. I yeah, feel like. you might be want to look at twenty four hour restaurants, maybe mm. waffle mm-hmm. houses, things like that. You know, that's something where you can like uh, pop yeah. in really quick, get sustenance, and leave. I don't uh, know. That's a good call. I'm yeah. just picturing yeah. Kara like coming in disheveled after two days of I know. Food, like, <laughs> grabbing a single egg from Waffle yeah. House and then sprinting away. <laughs> She's like, it's been 14 hours. <laughs> Who was that? She had a raccoon in her purse. I mean, I assume you can be on the move. Yeah. Okay, well that now, helps. Now one thing I did think of though when it said breaking the law is not allowed Oh, is like trespassing. Right. Oh. So you'd have to kind of be careful with that. That's tricky. There's probably a lot of like private property or something. I don't we know if just, that would count, but maybe I, I think maybe I would just like hop from friend to friend's house and be like, Hey, I'm going to come hang out with you. Basements. Like okay. just go hang out with a different friend every couple of days. All right. Yeah, let's you, say that's not a bad idea. Like you try to hide in, 
in friends' houses. Right. Like, right. How are they going to get in? How are they going to find you, you in the house? Right. Yeah. 100%. Let's say, okay, you're down. It's the last, let's say, 10 people. Where do you oh, hole man. up? You have to pick somewhere to hole up while the rest of the 10 people are getting found. <sighs> Where do you go? Yeah. yeah, I mean, a friend's does not seem like a bad idea. Yeah. Right. And then if you could trust them, that would be the thing. Maybe you offer them, sweeten the deal a little bit. You yeah. say, like, I'm going to win a million dollars. Oh, yeah. I'll give you a tenth or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Incentive. Give you a hundred thousand. Yeah. If you hide me out here and you yeah. don't sell me out. Yeah. And maybe you, like, do some grocery store runs and, you yeah, know, bring me food, that kind of thing. Y'all have good. more reliable and trustworthy friends than I do. That's, <laughs> well, I have to that's figure that part of it out. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. But, yeah. like, I am not a wilderness survivor <laughs> kind of guy. Like that's not my strong suit. So in other so words, that probably wouldn't be a really good idea. So incident, me. incident care are both showing up at Waffle House disheveled exactly. after 14 hours. Yeah, exactly. Give me some waffles. Yeah. I, I have a feeling I wouldn't win this game, All honestly. Right. Like I think there are people that are far more I dedicated to like that idea yeah. that would I think my beat me out. I think my husband can rock this game. Like Cody, totally. Cody could probably kill he would, that. He yeah. would win. Cody yeah. would be finding other people hiding yes. them and expose them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sees me like plants a flare next to me and runs off. Throw Anson out. (laughs) All the seekers show up like, dang. Oh, man. Yeah, obviously, I probably wouldn't have thought of this myself, but I'm going to steal your idea and say I'd offer six figures to a buddy and try to hide out in their house. Because then you can have food and indoor plumbing and Netflix (laughs) and all the things. Then at least if you hide out for like a month (laughs) and still lose, it wasn't miserable. (laughs) Just had a little vacation. It's not so bad. Now it is time for top three. This is where we make a list because everybody loves a good list <laughs> yes, of yes. things that we love around a certain topic. And we're going to get very specific for this top three. Okay, guys? Oh, okay. Man. We're going with something, though, that is very important, matters to everyone. <laughs> Your top three sonic drink Ooh. orders. All right. Yeah, this is a big deal. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I feel like this is something where everyone has a pretty strong opinion. Yeah. yeah. On like, this is my yeah, go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And maybe you have a couple different go tos. Yes. We'll see if you have three. So we're going to okay. start off with number three. Okay. okay. Oh, okay. So you got it. We're going to go number three all the way around, then oh, number I have two. To rearrange right. mine here. And then okay. number one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. So number three, I'm going to go a little bit crazy. This okay. is not my normal thing. But once upon a time, my lovely co-host Kara <laughs> brought me a blue raspberry nerds slush. Yes, it's true. Did you guys ever have one of the nerd slushes? Did no. You, did you have a drink of it? No, no I didn't. You didn't. I oh just, my gosh! Yeah, it was like your birthday. I think. Yeah. It was like, okay, no. so I'm kind of notorious for having the palate of a six-year-old boy, mm-hmm. and so I love like sour stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Sour Patch Kids sidebar is the best candy that has ever been. 100% <laughs> straight up. Okay. And Blue Raspberry is the best flavor of oh, sour things yep. that has ever been invented. Okay. Dum Dum. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Blue Raspberry like slushes from Sonic. You have to be in the right mood, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Right? Which is like. <laughs> I want to be absolutely wired and jacked for the next like 12 hours not, kind of mood. Not yeah. like heading into a board meeting where yes, you got to be super professional. Probably, probably yeah. not okay. a good idea. <laughs> and then you sprinkle the nerds in there on yeah. top of it. Yeah. And it just goes like to absolutely nutty levels. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the sour like sugar factor in that drink yeah. is kind of insane. It was. Yeah. It Your was, mouth yeah. is going to be blue for the next like three years. <laughs> yeah. But there's something about that blue raspberry. Oh, yeah. it's just it's magical. I don't know. Would either of you guys drink that drink? I have tried it. And I will say that the way that you feel when you drink it, 
I'm just going to say the word bounce house. Like that, <laughs> bounce house or ball pit. Yeah. It's, it's just that it's experience. Ball pit cool. and a drink. Yeah. If I'm like a, a sommelier describing <laughs> this beverage, I'm going to say there's essence of ball pit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I still want your full-time job to be a sommelier of Sonic drinks. Oh my you gosh. You'd be so good at that job. You would be. My third drink is a little bit civilian. My mom has always got the vanilla Cokes there, like at yeah. large or Route 44 yeah. if you're feeling kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Vanilla Coke, maybe even a little bit of like cherry in it. Yeah, mm. that is, I have a feeling that one's going to show up on some other lists. It's, that's yeah, just a good day. That's just a good day. <laughs> Man, I remember when vanilla Coke originally came out yes. and I was like, that sounds so weird. Yeah. And then I tried it and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. this is like my life (laughs) it is the it's syrup it's actual syrup but it's so good it's It's, the best i love my number three would be a lemon berry slush oh okay that's for like a summer day i can splurge a little bit yeah a little bit of extra sugar it's kind of like the blue raspberry slush but not as childish yeah it's like it's like the adult version version of of it raspberry yeah yeah because it has like berries in it actual you know lemons and strawberries your anson's babysitter that day i know you're, you're like, he'll have yeah, the beer. Here's, here's your blue raspberry dirt slush. My. my adult lemon <laughs> slush. Yes, so that's my number three. Okay, my number two, I'm going to go to where Isaac went with his number three, cherry vanilla Coke. Uh, yep. I got to say, though, lately, I've kind of been second guessing the cherry edition because the last few times I've gone with both syrups in there, it gets a little bit sweet and syrupy. Oh. Or maybe I've just gotten unlucky because it feels like sometimes they put more or less syrup than other times. Yes. Yeah. And yes. it kind of overpowers the Coke. Oh. Yep. And I kind of want it to be a little subtle. Like right. You want the vanilla cherry there but you don't want it to overpower the coke. Notes of vanilla, notes of cherry. (laughs) My number two, I always order it as ocean water. I think it might be ocean spray, but it's like this blue Sprite-based beverage. I remember the ocean water. I haven't had that in a long time. Okay, my friend in college introduced me to it. I had it with an order of like those hot mozzarella sticks. Oh, (laughs) I still think back to that moment when (laughs) when I'm feeling low. I'm like, yo, remember that ocean water we had with Lauren? That was awesome. What does it taste? I need to try one of those. Yeah, me too. I honestly don't remember. Honestly, is it it, kind of subtle in taste? It's subtle. It tastes like how water in heaven is going to taste. Wait, 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 (laughs) wait. With lots of sugar. But you're but you're a Lacroix guy, so I got to ask. Yeah, does it taste like a Lacroix? it still tastes like a soda. Okay, no, you're good. good. You're it's, good. it's stronger. Yeah. Than okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Y'all should know that. Like, I like. I do like Lacroix. So, yeah. like, my base for it's, good yeah, things is way off from everyone else. <laughs> I remember being big into the ocean water drinks when I was younger. Yeah. And I haven't had. Them I've as never much had one yeah, later. So I need to. So, try do they, them. so are they supposed to be good for you or not really? It's no, just no, make no, you, no, no, no. I think it's. No. I think it's. It's, it's like a sugar. Okay. It's a little bit more of a subtle like soda beverage. It's sprite based. So gotcha. Okay. Well, my number two is another classic. I'm not going too crazy with mine here is a cherry limeade yes oh i can't go wrong that is like the ultimate sonic classic yeah Yeah. are you extra do you order like extra cherries and limes in it no i didn't know you could do i didn't know you could do whatever they will do whatever you want i did not know speaking of them doing whatever i once went to a sonic in high school just because we thought we were hilarious my friends and i and ordered a water with every mix in oh in the water so we ordered a like chocolate vanilla orange grape lime Cherry, whatever. Was it water. gross? A brown water. We paid like two eighty for it because it cost like twenty cents per mix in or wow. whatever. And we all tried to one sip, and yeah, it was disgusting. Like, Why did we even do that? I exactly. think we did it because we thought we would be really funny, and the lady who was taking our order would think we. But she was she just like having it. She was like, okay. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. It'll be 280 right out to you. And we're like, ah, my soul brought it to us and it was terrible. And we we're like, that was really stupid. <laughs> so, 
Never again. You cannot go wrong with a cherry lime. No, it's a good a classic, even not in the summer. Summer, it's great, but anytime. Yeah, cherry, lime cherry limeade. All right. My number one is a cranberry limeade. Oh, yeah. And I right. do love the cherry limeade, but I've got to stick with the cranberry limeade as number one. Because mm. again, I kind of like the tart sour thing yeah. going on. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, sometimes the drinks can get a little too sweet for me. Okay. Mm. When I'm not feeling like the cherry vanilla Coke with kind of the sweetie sugary vibe, the cranberry limeade, it's lighter. It's got kind of that punch a little bit. I don't know. It's just... <laughs> The, the kiss, yeah, Isaac. It's like a, a, it's little, a, a little pucker, like it's oh an elevated know, experience. I'm not a sommelier, so I don't know how to describe it really, really well. But, That's amazing. But the cranberry limeade, I don't know, it has that little extra something. Mm-hmm. If you want to go sweet, you can go with the strawberry. Yeah, the cherry kind of occupies the good middle, the middle ground, plate. and then the cranberry. When you're really thirsty on like a hot day, oh. the cranberry one works really well because it's a little less sweet. It has mm. a peck of sour. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. (laughs) My number one, taking it back to stained blue teeth at eight years old, having my mind blown, the blue coconut slush. Oh, the coconut one. Y'all, yeah. It's borderline a secret menu item at this point because I don't, I think I'm the only person that still orders this. (laughs) The blue coconut slush, it has to have 14 pounds of sugar in it. All of the blue dye that they put to oh, dye like oh, yeah. food t-shirts. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All those things. <laughs> it's oh, so good. I've never had one of these and I love coconuts. Yeah, that was my beverage growing up. We would always go, I'd get a grilled cheese and a blue coconut slush. Ooh. Shout out to mom for taking me to Sonic. I do love coconut good. as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so tied to nostalgia that I legit ordered one for the first time in like probably five plus years or so. And I like had a moment. I was like, <laughs> whoa. Does it have like kind of a pina colada kind of Ooh, vibe? It like, does. It yeah. It, it's it's a very like on the beach kind of drink. Yeah. It's, yeah. Mm. Yep. It's good. Okay. Highly recommend. Man. Highly rec. The challenge with this is that then I got to branch out of my I normal know. three. Like in, and, and you know that these are safe. Right. They're tried and true, <laughs> but I think I might have to try that. We'll one. go to happy hour. I will evangelize you. for the <laughs> Ah, there slush. you go. All right. My number one has been mentioned a couple of times in various forms. Vanilla Coke Zero. Uh, Okay. Okay. Yes. That's my go-to because I feel less guilty about it than like a fancy coffee drink. (laughs) If I need like some caffeine because it's Coke Zero, Mm -hmm. but the vanilla is like my favorite. Yes. Okay. I'm glad we're all on the same page on the vanilla. Yeah. It's a good. I feel like vanilla in Coke is like highly underrated. There's a Pepsi listener listening to this going, Uh, get the dislike pepsi no like it's fine but like uh, the vanilla thing it makes all the difference yeah Yeah. that's good stuff Mm -hmm. i don't i can't do the coke zero though really i don't think it tastes that different oh it does okay well have you tried it since they changed it to coke zero sugar Mm, because it's a little different i know they they changed the name they rebranded and supposedly changed the recipe i have yet to try any drink that has a sugar substitute and like it no i can't just yeah. There's this aftertaste to it that I <laughs> yeah. cannot deal with. I drink soda so rarely that when I'm going in, I'm like, yeah, all in. Well, yeah. Let's just do That's this. Fair. Let's yeah. dive head first. I mean, I know it's bad for you for other reasons. So it's still not a great choice, but I <laughs> right. feel less guilty yeah. about it when it's like zero. Yeah, Ooh, got this you. doesn't count. <laughs> Now it is time for a returning segment, Confession Session, which it is my turn for this week. And I just asked the guys, why did we bring this back? (laughs) Because it's kind of up in my business. So this week, my confession is an epiphany I had in the shower the other day that I am pretty good at showing people compassion who have the same personality or sin struggles that I do or Mm. even people who are exactly like me Mm. and pretty bad at showing it to everyone else. 
Wow. So there's that. Yes. I realized this when I was having a judgmental moment, you know, in the, in the shower and I was thinking <laughs> about somebody and something they were doing. And I was like, how could they? And then I was like, wait, it was kind of one of those moments where God was kind of like, mm-hmm. aren't, aren't you doing that right now? Oh, <laughs> and I was like, Oh, snap. the worst. <laughs> it was the worst. And so I don't necessarily know what to do with this confession, but kind of immediately after it was like a, a real time version of that verse from the Bible that says, take the log out of your own eye before you try to remove, mm. you know, the splinter from your yeah. brothers. And it was kind of like, Oh man. Okay. Well, at the very least I'm going to stand in solidarity oh, with you on this you. one. <laughs> yeah. Because totally. And you see this reflected in our society all over the place. Yes. Like that, that we're really good at understanding people who are like us because yeah. we understand their perspective. Right. Mm, we're like, yeah. of course it's hard to struggle with that thing. Cause I struggle with it. And yeah. we think we're so compassionate. Right. Like I've always thought of myself as a very compassionate yeah, person, right. yeah. <laughs> but then like, it just kind of hit me the other day. I am sometimes. And then sometimes yeah. I'm really not. As soon as we run across a person that is yeah. confusing, yes. we don't understand their behavior. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like we have no compassion for that. We have no patience for that. It's right. super easy to love people who are super easy to love. But yeah. the second time someone <laughs> throws a monkey wrench, you're like, oh, I, I don't know about that. Yeah, right. I totally get Anytime that. Anytime you could ever say, like, I would never do that. Uh, that, yes. Like, I feel like that's kind of the personification of that. Like, yeah. <sighs> you see someone doing something and you go, I would never do that. Why would they do that? Right. You know, you probably do do that sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe exactly like that. Exactly. And you just forget or have more grace for yourself mm. or maybe, you know, in a slightly different manner yes. than how they do it. And so it feels right. different it to feels, you. It feels acceptable when you're evaluating it. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. I don't know that a solution is to maybe like surround ourselves with more people that make us mad because that doesn't <laughs> feel like a mm. good Option, but at the same time, I mean, I think exercising patience with people who drive us absolutely insane, as frustrating that is. Right. For me, it's this realization that I may not actually always be right. (laughs) Oh. Which seems like a dumb thing to say out loud and be like, well, of course not. But when you really think about it, we all think that we're right. So if I stop and say, all right, God, what am I missing here? Right. Like, maybe there is something here I'm not seeing. Obviously, I think my perspective is right because it's mine. Right. Yeah. Having this awareness that egocentrism is a thing. Yeah. Right? It's normal for us to perceive ourselves at being at the center of the right. universe. Yeah. And the sooner we can understand that, the sooner yeah. we can yeah. realize that we're not. And I think naturally with communication, you're going to gain a little bit more compassion. I mean, once you hear mm. some context and some background to people who are really frustrating, that's if, true. if that's available oh, for so you true. in Absolutely. a healthy way, I mean, walk a mile in their shoes, maybe not necessarily, but at least hear what it's like for them oh, yeah. to do that. I mean, that can open up a whole new world and give you a lot yeah. of perspective. That's really true. That's Good. a great point. I really feel like knowledge about who someone is mm. and, and that's best obtained firsthand. Yes. Like breeds compassion in a big it way. It does. Like You're right. When we have more understanding of who someone is and what they're facing. Mm. Right. There's that phrase that everyone loves to throw around about like everyone's fighting a battle yes. kind of thing. And, yes. And I know it's kind of trite and cliche now, but I think there's some truth to that of like yeah. once you discover what that is for mm-hmm. different people, what for they're sure. fighting, what they're battling, that does breed compassion. It I really think. does. Yeah. And it's it makes me think of uh, something one of my friends says a lot all behavior makes sense in context mm-hmm. and that's what we need yeah, we a need lot of context. times yeah. yeah why do we work so hard for what for this for stuff other countries they work they stroll home they stop by the cafe they take august off off why aren't you like that why aren't we like that 
Because we're crazy, driven, hardworking believers, that's why. Those other countries think we're nuts. Whatever. Were the Wright brothers insane? Bill Gates, Les Paul, Ali. Were we nuts when we pointed to the moon? That's right. We went up there, you know what we got? Bored. So we left. Got a car up there, left the keys in it. Do you know why? Because we're the only ones going back up there, that's why. But I digress. It's pretty simple. You work hard, you create your own luck, and you gotta believe anything is possible. As for all the stuff, that's the upside of only taking two weeks off in August. Nespa? So if you're wondering, what are they talking about, this crunch time thing? I couldn't think of a better example. <laughs> that yes. was a commercial for a 2014 edition of a car, and he's basically just flexing. You know what? We don't take off days. We're crazy driven, hardworking believers. Mm-hmm. We see this all the time. We see no off days in Nike commercials, Super Bowl ads, championed mm-hmm. by the underdogs in movies. And we're saying, is it healthy? Is it sustainable to operate on a no off days Hmm. mentality it feels like we're starting to see it's not but everyone's pretending that it still is right like it's still the expectation even though i read an article the other day in buzzfeed about how millennials have become the burnout generation literally so it's like well something's not working right and yet we're continuing to push this this is the only acceptable way to be is to hustle 24 7 no rest no days off one thing that i've been seeing just because of my role here at the station on social media is that all the time i'm seeing social media used as a way to brag about how hard you're working mm. this guy jeremy latow is a phd and associate professor of journalism at a university and he says the phrase when i was growing up was keeping up with the joneses social media is putting everyone next door to you and now we have oh, more wow. points of comparison for ourselves makes total sense yeah that does make sense i mean because not only are you going to see the average dude that lives next door but mm-hmm. you're going to see the most successful people yeah you're exposed to them more often yeah and so you use them as a comparison point as well so it's not good mm-hmm. enough just to be average or above average like yeah. that guy yes yes we've got to be elite we've got to be at the top right if you want to be successful mm-hmm. success is all the way up here now yeah yeah, yeah the bar is so much higher yeah and yeah. the pressure is so much more plus all the people who are in the middle are curating their feeds to make it look like they're <laughs> right. at the top right yeah. so yeah. it looks like everyone has this everyone's figured out. average grade looks right. better than yeah. it actually is. and just the way that we rank things on social media it's just an undeniable fact that those kind of posts perform better. So like mm. only the extreme outliers, the coolest shots from an office at 3 a.m. with that <sighs> grind all the time hashtag. Uh. That's going to score way better with young professionals because it fits their brand of hard work. Yes. And no need to rest. No stop. And if you're listening to this, check out the hashtags no sleep or grind never stops on mm. Instagram. Mm. You're going to see nothing but photos of young professionals in the office. Screenshot of the clock. Oh, I'm still working on this project. Yeah. I've even pulled some quotes from people who are supposed to be inspirational, you know, moguls Mm. and real estate people. This one's from Grant Cardone. He recently told CNBC that success demands a 14 hour workday. He says, quote, most people work nine to five. I work 95 hours per week. If you ever want to be a millionaire, you need to stop doing nine to five and start doing 95. Wow. (laughs) And What? This is crazy because it brings up this whole thing that people are rallying against now. Author Nat Eliason is calling it struggle porn. He's saying a Mm. masochistic obsession with pushing yourself harder, listening to people to tell you to work harder, and broadcasting how hard you're working. 
oh my gosh, I'm seeing social media as like the primary way that we do that, you guys. Yeah, I mean, we've definitely glamorized the idea of working hard. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think this is a classic idea. It's not necessarily a new idea that working right. hard is one of the ways that you can be successful, if not the primary way. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big sports fan. And I think about classic sports cliches and coach mm-hmm. quotes and all of those things. And if you ever listen to a coach give an interview with somebody after a big victory or after winning a championship, or you listen to some of these players talk in post-game conferences and things, right. the one theme that they're always going to come back to is we can't control our talent. That was God-given, mm-hmm. and hopefully we have some. But the thing that we can control is how hard we work. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm in the gym practicing and Mm -hmm. shooting hoops or taking reps or whatever. If I'm doing that more than everybody else, that's the way that I can be the most successful. Right. And there are these alpha dog personalities, particularly in sports like Michael Jordan. Not Mm. only did he have insane talent, but he was also known for having that killer instinct. He was willing to outwork and out hustle everybody else Mm. every single day. And what we're talking about is this idea that that's not an exceptional character trait anymore. That's the thing that we should all aspire to. Like right. we all have to be that all the time. That's our baseline. Right. Like, and then we're urged to go above that. Right. The thing that we miss is <laughs> right. like in the NBA, the worst NBA players are incredible basketball players. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But that's not good enough. It's not good enough just to be a role player. Mm. You've got to be the best of the best. Right. And to do that, you do have to work that hard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're going to be Jeff Bezos, if you're going to be Bill Gates, yeah. if that's your bar you probably do have to work a hundred hours a week right is that what we should all be aspiring to right like (laughs) i feel like that's a big part of this question and it would be ignorant to say that going down that path doesn't come with a cost this has a physical wear on us so in 2016 an uber engineer named joseph thomas committed suicide and Mm -hmm. in the weeks before his death thomas had told a psychiatrist that he was having panic attacks difficulty concentrating Mm -hmm. and constant anxiety his widow And his father said they believe that work stress and a crazy professional environment led to that. His dad even said, if you put a hard driving person on unrealistic tasks, it puts them in failure mode. He said it makes them burn themselves out and feel like driving a Lamborghini in first gear. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't think of a better example of that than driving a Lamborghini in first gear. I mean, working so hard technically moving, but you're just revving so, so high. It's not sustainable. One of the places this seems to be the biggest problem is in the tech sector. I feel like a lot of these like technology companies and Mm -hmm. stuff that's true really seem to struggle with this. The trendy thing to do is to establish yourself as a meritocracy at work. Right. Mm. So you say you earn what you get. What you put in is what you're going to get out. Right. So if you work harder than anyone else, you're going to climb the ladder faster. And right. there's a never ending stream of people who want these highly glamorized jobs at Google right. and Facebook and Amazon and all yeah. of these places. Right. So if you want to get in and if once you get in, if you want to move up, yeah, you have no choice but to subject yourself to this. Mm. Yeah. And there's so many people you see who have these stops on their resume, but only are there for two or three years because it's just not sustainable, right? Mm. They can't keep it going. Within the last week or two, one of the big companies in gaming, Blizzard Activision, just laid off over 800 employees. Yeah. Wow. Um, I follow a lot of people in the games industry on Twitter. And so there were lots of people over the last couple of weeks who were saying, I recently got laid off, looking for a new work. Here's yeah. my resume, all these things. And I read from one person yesterday who wrote a tweet thread basically saying, I always thought that if I worked as hard as I could and poured everything into Mm. my job 
and mm-hmm. slept on my couch in my office and did all the right things that I would be immune to ever being laid off. Wow. And it yeah. didn't work that way. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't about that probably. I mean, some corporate person somewhere identified yeah. X number of jobs to eliminate to make a balance sheet look better. Mm. And th- those nights on the couch counted for nothing. Right. When it comes to that. Yeah. And yet that's what we kind of put our stock in and say, if I work hard, right. I've been told that's the difference between failure and success and I'll mm. stick around. I'll be one of the people that gets yeah. to stay after times get hard. And that's not always the way it works out. What everybody's looking for is this long-term sustainable career right. stability, but more work isn't necessarily guaranteeing that yeah, is what people right. are discovering. It's just causing them to burn out and not be able to do good work. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not generating stability in a couple of different ways. You might still get laid off. You yes. can still get right. fired. But then secondly, it's not generating stability in the sense that you're not stable while you're in that mode. No. Right. Like you, you just can't continue to do that forever. Right. No. And when you've made your job and your work lifestyle, your brand, it's mm. you when you intertwine your work and your self-worth. What happens when you do find out yeah. all of these nights that I didn't sleep, that I was away from my family? they've amounted to nothing. How do you come back after that? That has to be a huge personal crush, right? Yeah, it's a huge blow. And I think that these ideas don't just apply in terms of work. I feel it at work, but I feel like it's a little more all encompassing than that for me. This Mm. hustle culture and this never rest, keep going, work harder, try harder. It feels like there's this narrative that there's this super optimized life that's available for us. Yourself, your career, your home. I mean, Marie Kondo on Netflix, Mm. all of the different ways we're supposed to be eating and working out and even how we use self-care. You're supposed to be doing yoga, using the meditation app, doing this. Here's all the ways you need to be optimizing yourself. Yeah. If you aren't, then you're just lazy. You're falling behind. Or you're falling behind. And so for me, I fall into this spiral of, oh my gosh, something is wrong with me. I need to fix all of these things. Right. (laughs) I will buy hundreds of books on Kindle and literally sit on my couch and feel paralyzed because I don't know which problem to work on. Yeah. That is how I feel in this culture of constant doing, constant hustle, never okay to rest. I have to become self-optimized. Yeah. It's all up to me. It's the goal of being as efficient as you can be to get the maximized Mm -hmm. whatever your task Mm -hmm. is. When we've made efficiency and self-optimization our goal, Mm -hmm. there's no finish line, right? (laughs) Like there's no place to go. I have condoed my house. Everything is good. There's no, there's no end. You've reached the top and there's nothing there. It makes me (laughs) think of like a a video game where you create this character and you have all these stats, right? That you're trying to Mm. level up. We're like doing this in real life. What's the quickest way to grind level 99 on all of my stats, right? And and level them up. When you play these video games, there's these strategy guides that exist for the most optimal ways to grind out these statistics or right. to level up these things, mm-hmm. right? Because we don't want to waste time. Right. We want to do it as fast as if someone else is doing it faster, they're going to get there first. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's kind of this real life version of that where we're always constantly seeking all of the self-help guidance and all of these things for trying to figure out how can I level up all of these aspects of my life yes. in the most efficient way possible. But the thing that always happens to me when I play those video games I'm trying to get to level 99. I get to about level 50 and then I stop and go play something else Yeah, right? because it gets boring right? <laughs> doing that forever. Yeah. And yeah. It, it feels like it never ends. Mm. And every subsequent level takes twice as long to reach. And it yes. just feels more and more out of reach. It's really frustrating. I do think it's interesting, though, Kara, as you were talking about how this plays out for you. Yeah. It's very different, I think 
from how it plays out for me. Uh-huh. And so it kind of begs the question in my mind, are there different motives at play for different people mm, when yeah. it comes to this issue? Yeah. Like, I mean, so far we've been talking about kind of the ubiquitous nature of this, that we all yeah. struggle with this crunch time mentality in some way or another or at yes. some season or another. Yes. Right. But how does this look different for different individuals as well? Yes, yeah, totally. I know for me personally, I mentioned that I feel the social media societal pressure a lot more just because that's the nature of my job. Yeah, that's what you're in. I am in several groups on Facebook of social media managers, directors of creative design stuff. And it's just a competition of who's working the latest, how many projects you're tackling, how many plates you have spinning. There's this guy who's kind of like a media mogul. I'm going to name him because you probably know if you're in this world that I'm in. It's Gary Vaynerchuk. And he's basically synonymous with this hustle all the time mentality. Um, Uh I actually quit watching his YouTube videos because Mm. he's known for advising founders and creatives to work like 18 hour days. And when Mm. you're trying to do your best and you keep getting all of this reinforcement from your peers and people in the industry that if you went home after eight hours, that's not enough. Not and enough. I would be going home exhausted after eight, nine, 10 hours. Well, I was supposed to be clocking into my side hustle. It's not sustainable. And no. both me and my wife have found our own version of this where we just hit this wall of I am not producing good work that's mm. worth all of this because I'm tired. And I'm tired because I'm trying to produce all of this work <laughs> to show off for the brand. And I I mean, the brand, it's truly a thing like branding is this fitting word for millennials self-identity because I've made myself a product to a degree because Mm. I'm thinking I'm posting on Instagram as a social media manager. If my posts don't get, you know, 50 plus (laughs) likes, hundred plus likes as good as his job. Uh, Right. So it's this whole game of even in my off time, I'm trying to stay on brand. I'm trying Mm. to put out this perception that I work harder than everyone else. No one wins in that. Yeah. (laughs) So it sounds like if we could get at the core of what you're talking about in terms of motive, it's societal pressure. Right. hundred percent. Comparison and competition. Right. Keeping up. Social media, obviously by being in that field, it just exacerbates Mm. that. Like it makes it that much more present. Running the race with everyone else. Yeah, for sure. Mm. For sure. For me, I feel like if you dig down into the motive, it's this core belief that I am broken I'm not enough. And it's my job to fix that by working harder and reading more books and whatever the thing is. That's what drives me inwardly is this feeling of I am broken and it's up to me to fix that. Where has that been reinforced to you? Mm. Is that something that mostly comes internally for you? Or is it something Um, where there's external voices that speak into that mindset as well? I think it's both. Every time I get on my computer, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, there's all of these people telling you how to optimize everything in your life. Marie Kondo is here's how to make your house perfect. There's a couple of sources that I read for show prep and I need to maybe stop reading them. But like every every article is like, here's how to have the perfect face, how to have the perfect hair. Here's how you need to change your workout. Here's how you need to change your diet. Here are all the ways that you should be doing life. Right. And all the ways that you're broken, let us point all of these things out to you. Not that there isn't room for growth. I'm passionate about growth, but I think sometimes that gets confused in my mind with it is my job to fix all the things that are wrong with me. And in a lot of times, would you say that you wouldn't even know that that was a problem until someone came along trying to tell you how to fix it? Yeah, probably. (laughs) I didn't know that having this many clothes in my closet was Uh, the core of all my stress, Marie Kondo. I'm sorry. Like. (laughs) 
It's this billion dollar industry of yeah. self-optimization, the yoga apps, the breathing mm-hmm. techniques. I mean, yeah, that would be crazy. Yeah, it's a lot. I, so, I, yeah, I think to answer your question, Anson, it's both. I have an internal pressure that I've always had my whole life, I feel yeah. like. And I think the more access I have to different voices, the more that's being reinforced. Mm. I think for me, it tends to be much more of an internal thing than an external thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think like anyone, there's a mix of both. Yeah. But maybe the ratio is different for different people. Mm-hmm. And for me, it tends to be very internal. I, for better or worse, tend to not care as much as some people about whether I'm keeping up with others. Mm-hmm. That could sound like a really good thing, right? Like right. Oh, Anson doesn't compare himself. But also there are times where I'm like, yeah, I just don't care what you think. And, and that's <laughs> right. not a healthy response either. Right. So there's definitely a dark side to that. Mm-hmm. But I'm very much personal achievement. I demand excellence from myself and I have very high standards Mm. when it comes to things that I care about because of those characteristics in me. I very much demand from myself that I put in the work necessary to Mm. achieve something. It's very much an internal voice for me that says, you know what good looks like, or you know what excellent looks Mm. like in this area. And you should not be happy unless you're hitting that level. Right. Right. I know what the end result should look like. And I know Mm. the amount of work it takes to get there. And if I'm not willing to put it in, unfortunately for me, the counter side to that is if I'm not willing to put in the work to get it to the place where it's good enough, I'm not even going to try. Right. And that's kind of my other, my other things. Like either I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it to death until it's perfect (laughs) in my mind, or I'm not even going to try. And I'll just act like I don't even care about it. Like, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't even care about that thing. Whatever. Secretly, you're like, <laughs> right. And inside yeah. I'm going like, no, I really do. I just yeah. know I can't get it there. I right. can't get it where I want it. And so it. I'd rather people just think that I don't care. Mm-hmm. You'll settle for nothing less but the perfection that right. you're able to obtain. Because uh, if I would much rather look like I don't care than have people know that I just couldn't for whatever reason achieve excellence. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And since none of us here on this podcast are in the habit of just complaining and then ending the podcast, (laughs) I want to take just a second. It sounds like we're all saying, okay, yeah, I have had, have, or will have again, unhealthy habits towards work. Mm. I think maybe a way to look at that in a healthy way is to just ask ourselves in a serious way, to what end are we working? Mm. I mean, that's the question right there. How yeah. can we hit pause for just a second long enough to say, what are my motivations here? What am I chasing after? I mean, mm. uh, I think that's it. I think that's where we have to go. When you were sharing some of these quotes from different people about you have to work 18 hours to be a millionaire. Right. Mm. I think if you ask most anyone, would you like to be a millionaire? People would say, well, sure. Right. That sounds good. If you change the question and you say, would you like to work 18 hours every day and become a millionaire? (laughs) Yeah, that's a much different question. Right. And I think I had this realization maybe five, six years ago when I was kind of thinking about the future of my career. Mm -hmm. I was kind of going, "Okay, I, I see two options here. Option one, I can climb the ladder. And Mm -hmm. I can make that my focus. And I believe whether I'm right or wrong, I don't know. But I believed internally, I was like that I'm talented enough to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I have the ability in my field to work hard and I have the natural talent to supplement that where I can climb the ladder and and get higher than I am. At least I don't know where the ceiling was, but I recognized, all right, to do that, the amount of work that's going to be required, both just from a normal work day the moves that I'm going to have to make with my family, the things that I'm going to have to sacrifice. Here's all the things that are going to be required in order to follow Mm. that path kind of thing. And then over here, I could be satisfied with where I'm at Mm. and not focus on climbing and just do the work that I'm doing because I believe it's meaningful and it has value Mm. and not have to sacrifice as many of these things. I had to make a choice yeah, and I chose the latter. So that's the question, right? Like, do I want to become a millionaire? 
Right. Um, no. <laughs> that, like the answer to that question for me, I decided is no. Right. Like that's not what I'm working towards. If that's your goal is to be financially successful or something, I'm not even saying that that's bad or that, right. you know, yeah. well, that's not what Jesus would do. I'm just saying like, you have to make that decision for yourself of yeah. what you're willing to sacrifice for your work. Right. And if you're not willing to do that, that's okay. That's the big takeaway. Not mm. everyone has to be a millionaire. Right. You need to know that you are allowed to feel content because I mm. think that the thing that's being pushed that we're all seeing from the Vaynerchuks, from the real estate moguls is that being content means you're dead in the water. Mm. And being content means that you're losing. It's this losing mentality. Yeah. Like if you settle, if you're content, you're falling behind. And that's not what this is about at all. Mm-mm. We're taking this mentality of, well, if I'm not a millionaire, I've fallen back. I like how you said that, Anson. It's basically about the cost you're willing to pay. Yeah. If you're going to pay something, what are you willing to give up or to pay or sacrifice for what you want? And and what's your motive in getting there? Yeah. Like, it's kind of like budgeting almost yeah. like when you budget your money, mm-hmm. except for you're budgeting mm-hmm. your time right, mm-hmm. and your investments in other people or in your job or in these different things. Yeah. And you just have to prioritize. You have to figure yeah. out what's the most important to you. And if the most important thing to you is climbing the ladder or making millions of dollars or whatever, you may choose to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just say, yeah, being married and having kids or whatever. That's not for me. Mm-hmm. OK, yeah, fine. Like, yeah. You know, but if that's not what it is. Yeah. And I think for those of us in this room, maybe we're not that type of person who yeah. says, I want to mm-hmm. create the next Amazon. Yeah. Right. And no. work 100 hours. For the record, all three of us there. work at a nonprofit. <laughs> exactly. Definitely not. One There's of us. that. I mean, if that's your thing, be content with that. That's yeah. OK. It's you don't okay. have to go chase someone else's dream. It's time for On Repeat this week. I have the beta tester on repeat, and it's Native Tongue by Switchfoot. when you first showed this song to me, it was instant. Okay, this is going to be a good one. My body instantly responded with toe tapping, <laughs> yeah. head nodding. Okay. Yes. This oh. is one of those kind of like hit the road rock songs mm. from Switchfoot mm. that I've kind of come to expect from them. And this is kind of crazy because this is their first album out in a while. Right? Yes, it is. They had kind of a hiatus. Yeah, they did go on a hiatus, I think for like a year or two mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. I got to say, this is my favorite Switchfoot song in a long time. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I mean, I I was a huge Switchfoot fan. At one yeah. Time. I mean, like meant to live and all yeah. that. Like, yes. Oh my goodness. They were like huge right. at that point. And I loved Switchfoot. Yeah. And then I gotta say, I feel like in the intervening years, I don't know. They lost a little bit of that edge. Yeah. They, Seem to cater a little bit more towards to kind of the contemporary Christian music sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it wasn't my favorite. And I feel like in some ways, this song almost is kind of a return to right. it that, does, that yeah. previous sound that Switchfoot had. It feels kind of like the early aught bands kind of fell off a little bit. Yeah. They softened mm-hmm. their sound, went a little bit more commercial. And then this native tongue is kind of their return back to, this is what we should have sounded like all along. <laughs> I would rather a band have an identity sonically like this than have kind of a bland mm-hmm. sort of offering that sounds like everyone else. Yeah. The lyrics aren't anything that I'm really diving into deeply normally. (laughs) I like to find something that's just earth shattering and life altering in the lyrical content, but it's a rock song. And personally, I haven't been a rock fan for a while, but this is bringing me back. Yeah, I actually like the 
lyrical content of the song. I do too, actually. I think she actually has something to offer. What what do you think? Yeah, the concept of love is a language, love is our native tongue, and we've forgotten how to speak it. This is what we need to get back to, try to remember how to speak. Maybe I'm interpreting the song wrong. That's how how I would interpret it. Okay, yeah, yeah. all right. We are made in the image of God, and God is love. Yeah. Right? That's how God is defined. That's a part of us. Yeah. It's kind of this idea that, like, we have the capability to love built into us, Mm -hmm. and we've just lost it. Like, we've let it slip away i was just kidding guys i thought all that (laughs) (laughs) sorry no really like i love this i was more focused on sweet switchfoot is back (laughs) i mean i love that part of it too yeah yeah absolutely it's my turn to share a personal on repeat for this week and mine is vanity by acjr and brady james you guys part of why i picked this song for this week is because i feel like it is the perfect song mm. for what we talked about on the show this week mm. i don't know how familiar you are with this song it's a relatively new song on real fm i think it's a really really great song musically yeah. mm. but lyrically i feel like is where this song really really stands out to me yeah and it's called vanity the theme of the song is basically talking about how life has a lot to offer lots of passions that we could pursue and dreams mm. that we could chase And highs that sometimes don't last for as long as we wish they did. Mm. But does that satisfy? Mm. And what does it look like to have a desire that is greater than what the world has to offer? And that's exactly what we've been talking about today, I feel like. Mm. That that there's more to life than the rat race. Yeah. And uh, lyrically, I just find the song to be really beautiful. The chorus says, do you have parties in your pity corner? Which, (laughs) yes, I do a lot. (laughs) Trapped in today by yesterday's torture, hoping Mm. you are capable of moving on. Living a life where life has meant so much, gaining to have what I can't give up, trying to keep my feet set on the floor. Is Mm. there something more, you ask? Is there something pleasing? Is there satisfaction for my eternal greed? Mm. Oh, vanity, vanity. This eternal greed concept. Yeah fits perfectly into this crunch thing that we've been talking about. Like, right. yeah. why do we crunch? Because of our eternal greed. Yeah. There's Ooh. always some summit left to climb. Right. There's yes. always something left to fix yeah. in our own lives, whether it's vocationally or personally. Mm. Right. There's something that we, we need to make better, that we need to optimize. Wow. And we have this kind of eternal greed that drives us to that endlessly. Yeah. Because of what Isaac said, we can't be content with where we are. Wow. Okay, that's deep. It doesn't sound like these lyrics should be this deep in the song, at least to me, kind of like listening just from the outside. It's like, oh, they snuck all this in. There's a lot. There's (laughs) There's, a lot there. There's a lot, a lot in these verses. Uh, And the chorus is great, too. So go back and listen to this song. If you've heard it once or twice and you're not super familiar with it yet, pull up the lyrics, go listen to the song again. If you want to reflect on what we've been talking about more, this would be a great opportunity to dive in deeper Mm. a little bit on this subject.
Okay, guys, are we ready to start our blogs about 24-7 hustle <laughs> oh. culture and really just kill it? No, I'm going to go take a nap instead. My dudes? <laughs> I feel like the thing that I learned is, yeah, I need to start a blog decrying the hustle culture, yes, but right. I need to do it better than anyone else. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to have the best blog yeah. Yeah. about how hustle culture is stupid. Yeah, good talk, guys. <laughs> but, but for real, on a serious note, I want to speak to you right now. If you are caught in this, if you're listening to this going, yes, I haven't felt content because I'm looking at all these messages coming in. Mm. You are allowed to feel content. Really. Mm. If you're hearing this, you're stressed. Pause. Check your motivation. I've had to do it every other day. It's mm. okay. You can feel content. Also, you can take a nap. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk podcast from Real FM. Catch Real Talk with Anson and Kara from 4 to 7 p.m. live every weekday on Real FM Radio. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent or reflect the views of John Brown University, KLRC Radio, or Real FM.